Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Daniel, and uh, I have the, the honor, the privilege to be a part of the team here Wednesday nights. And uh, I'm just so excited. I count an honor to be up here. Anytime I get to share the word, it's just a, it's an honor to me. You know, I, I don't take this lightly. I really seek God. I really seek a specific word because I believe that God uh, can give us a specific word from heaven that we need to hear. How many of you guys believe that? And, and every season that you're in, uh, and, and, and so... That's what I'm believing for tonight, and I hope you are too. Tonight, I'm going to be sharing on the topic of love, and specifically, loving people, loving people. Uh, good people, bad people, church people, non-church people, nice people, rude people, broken people, all kinds of people. I'm talking about loving people, and, and, and let me say this, God did not send Jesus to die for a specific group of people, but Jesus died for all people. And so we are called not only to love a certain group of people, but we are called to love all people. Can I get an amen, somebody? And so that's what, we're, that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to really just uh, uh, define what love is because uh, we throw that word around so much in, in today's society. I mean, we love God all the way till we love pepperonis on our pizza. I mean, the, that's, that's a huge range. That's a huge window. But tonight what I'm talking about is, is biblical love, agape, God kind of love. And in 1 John 4, 9, this is what the Bible says. It says, this is how God showed us his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love defined right here, verse 10. This is love. Not that we love God. But that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I want to tell you tonight that as a Christian, it is possible to love everyone. And I know that when I say that, you're already thinking about somebody you know, and when I heard, when I said the title, you're probably thinking about how someone should have been here tonight, but I want to tell you that this message is for you, <laughs> and I want to tell you that it is possible, it doesn't matter who it is, but because God loves us and because God calls us to love, we are called to love with that same love. How do we do that? Romans 5.5, 5. here it is. Now, hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God, this is the God kind of love. It's just not any kind of love. It's the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So the Holy Spirit has, past tense, he has poured out his love in our heart. If you are a Christian, if you have given your life to Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that you have received the Spirit of God. He's inside of you. And because you have received with that the Spirit of God, he brings the love of God. And so if you are a Christ follower, the truth is that you have the God kind of love poured out in your heart. The difference is whether we decide to love with that love or not. But to say that it is impossible, to say that you can't love with that kind of love is incorrect. It's unbiblical because it's there. The Holy Spirit has already poured it out in your heart. And so tonight I want to talk about how to love with that kind of love. 
According to 1 Corinthians 13, this kind of love suffers long. In other words, it's patient. It's kind. This kind of love doesn't envy. This kind of love doesn't parade itself. It's not puffed up in pride. Uh, It doesn't behave rudely. This kind of love isn't rude. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. Thinks no evil. It doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Again, we are called to love all people, even if you don't know the person well. How, I mean, that kind of sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? Like, how can I love somebody that I don't know? Or, on, on the contrary, what if somebody that I think doesn't deserve the God kind of love that is inside of me? But yet we are called to do that. Listen, this is what I want to say because I feel like we got to define this. Because love and trust, a lot of times we confuse those two in, in, in regards to how we deal with people. But I want to tell you that love is not the same as trust. We are called to love everyone. Amen. But the Bible says trust no man, but trust God only. And so we're not called to just trust everybody. Uh, we are called to love everyone, but not to trust. So, so it's not the same thing. Love is freely received And freely given, but trust is built over time, and it's earned. Uh, Let me let me explain it a little bit more. If uh, Ryan and I we have a we have a relationship, and if uh, let's just say this isn't true, but let's just say that Pastor Ryan struggles with stealing, right? Now, if we're hanging out, if we're hanging out, I'm at at Ryan's house, and uh, let's say you know I. I want to get comfortable, I put my keys out, put my, put my wallet out on the table that's kind of close to him. And if I know him through relationship and I know he struggles with stealing, out of love, I'm not going to leave my wallet close to him if I'm not in the room. Why? Because I don't trust him in this area and I don't want to get jacked. I don't want to get, I mean, he'll, he'll steal my money. That's, there's, a, there's, there's a temptation for him in that area. And so I say this to, 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 to show you what the difference is here is I, I love you, but it doesn't mean that I have to entrust everything to you. Uh, both require relationship. Both require uh, uh, interaction with people. But, but two, the two are different. Let's, let's give another example. Is, uh, let's say that I know you and uh, I know that you kind of tend to extend the truth a little bit. And, you, you, you know, you, you talk just a little bit more than what you should. And so because of that, I love you, but I don't trust you with specific information and private information that I have because then I don't know how far that information is going to go and I don't know how twisted that information is going to end up down the road. How many of you guys following me? And so just because I love you doesn't mean I have to share everything with you. In fact, it's not wise to do that. Here's, here's the difference. Here's what I want you to know. Is that when, it, when we talk about trust, it is, it is dealing with the people, dealing with the person according to where they are at currently. All right? It's not judging. It's just acknowledging. It's just realizing where they are. But love deals with the person based on where they can be. Trust is where they are. But love is where they can be. Love, I'm going to love you not because of what you struggle with, 
I might not trust you in that area, but I'm going to love you based on how God sees you and based on the fact that God has freed you. You just haven't had that manifested yet in your life. And so because of that, I'm going to have unconditional love towards you. Another example for you is that, um, you know, we see people sometimes around the city that uh, are just not in the same place we are. And so because of that, they might be asking for help. They might be asking for money or whatever. And so if you're like me, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll be generous. Sometimes I'll give something. Sometimes I won't. But let me tell you something. If I give some money to somebody that is saying I need this because of the current situation, you want to know why I do that? It's not because I trust them because I don't know them. But I might do that out of love, and out of love, maybe the power of God, maybe out of that act of kindness, they would be led to know the God of love. And so, and so we're called to love everybody. You can love people that you don't know. It doesn't mean you have to trust them. It doesn't mean that you have to give them everything that you have, including your, your personal information, your personal things, or to just say, hey, everything is great because I love you. No, that's not the case. But rather it is I love you because I see you through the way God sees you. Thank you. I appreciate that little clap. So love is how you deal with them according to where they can be. Um, in the book of Colossians, Paul is writing to the church concerning Christ. Colossians is just about, it's just four chapters, and you can divide that book in two. The first two chapters, he's talking about doctrine. Uh, he's talking about the preeminence of Christ. He is, he, he's arguing and he's making the statement and, 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 and telling the church, listen, Christ is preeminent. Christ is above all. And the church is dealing with different philosophies. They're dealing with different religion, different uh, kind of things creeping in on the church. And he's saying, no, Christ is over all of those things. The second two chapters, he's, taking more, he's teaching more on like practical things. And he's talking to the church and saying, because Christ is above, because Christ has redeemed you, then you put away all the old stuff. And in, and in chapter 3, he talks about saying, putting on love and walking in love. And so in Colossians 3.12, this is what the Bible says. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, oh, he's reminding the church that you're chosen. You're not just anybody. You're chosen people, holy and dearly loved. You know what holy means? Holy doesn't mean that you're perfect. Holy means that you're set apart. And specifically in the Amplified translation, it says that you are set apart for God's purpose. And so as God's chosen people, holy, dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, and with patience. I really like this. Uh, different, different translation says put, put on compassion, put on kindness. But I, I like this translation because it says clothe yourselves. That implies that it's an everyday thing. How many of you guys know you get dressed every day? I would assume you do. Otherwise, you might not be here. You might be somewhere else. And so that's an intentional thing that happens every day. And so Paul is saying, clothe yourselves with this stuff. Talking about love in regards to other people, that's the context of this scripture. Um, it, clothes, physical clothes has a purpose. It has 
uh, a purpose, and we do that for a specific reason. And most of that is because it's for ourselves. We, we clothe the way we are clothed because it's comfortable, because it's a part of our, our, our business. Uh, if you're going to the beach, you're going you're gonna to dress appropriately because it's for yourself. But spiritual clothing is not for yourself. Spiritual clothing is for the other person. And so he says, clothe yourselves with compassion. Let's, let's break this down because I believe that Paul is talking to the church. He's reminding the church, you're not who you used to be. You're chosen. Christ redeemed you. You're set apart. You're holy. And because you are, you're called to a higher standard. You're called to love one another. You're called to do things, uh, to, to express what God has given to you. That isn't just for you. It's in your heart, but it's in your heart so that you can pour it out, so that you can share it with every single person that you come in contact with. And so he begins to, to describe this, and I, and I believe that it's, it's, in a, it's in an order, a specific order, because as, as you see each of these five things, it just builds off each other, and it is, it is an example of our love walk towards other people. And so the first one is compassion. Clothe yourselves with compassion. Uh, compassion means to put yourself in the other person's situation. That's, that's not the simplest form, but really it even goes further when you, when you, when you define this word. Uh, compassion literally means to hurt with the other person. That is to have compassion for somebody. Uh, you don't have to understand exactly how they feel, but you understand that they're hurting. And because you know that they're hurting, that hurts you to know that. That is compassion. This is part of the godly love that has been poured out in our hearts is compassion. Psalms 116.5 says this, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Listen, our God is full of compassion. He is full. He doesn't just have compassion. He is absolutely full of compassion. In uh, Matthew 9.36, talking about Jesus, it says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Why? Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. I believe Jesus hurt for the multitudes. He, he understood that what he was seeing wasn't just people. It wasn't just a group. He was seeing individuals that were lost, that were scattered, that didn't have a shepherd, that didn't have a father that they were separated from God. And because of that, he had compassion, and it, he was moved by it. Put on compassion. Clothe yourself with compassion. Change your perspective. Renew your mind and your love towards people because you don't know what they went through that led them to the place where they are today. When I was a teenager, uh, I gave my life to Jesus. I was, I was, I was born and raised in the state of Washington, and uh, I, uh, in my early years, my mom was a was single mom. I grew up with, in a single home, one of five. And when I was really little, my, my, my father was in the hospital before he, he left. And my brother was in the hospital. And when I was very little, I was in the hospital. And so my mom struggled. You know, we, we, we kind of that family that was barely making it week by week. And so I lived with my grandparents for a little while. 
And uh, because I live with my grandma, uh, I had to go to church because she was a church goer every, like maybe four, three times a week. And she was a part of a Spanish Pentecostal church. And so they did church. And so I would go there and I didn't really understand Spanish that well. But um, I figured, hey, this is what I got to do. But while I was there, how many of you guys know that when you don't even plan it, God gets a hold of you? And so I was there as a, as a, as a young teenager, and uh, we'd come to the altar, just like, just like we did today. We'd go to the altar a lot, especially after service, and there would be altar ministry. And uh, there's a guy, there was a guy there, his name was Junior. He, he noticed me. And any, every time I'd go to church, I, I kind of picked up on this, that he would come over me and he would pray over me. And he would prophesy over me. I didn't understand what that was at the time. But I was just a young kid, you know, and I, just, I was just there because I had to be there. But little by little, you know, God started to work in my heart. And I ended up giving my life to Jesus. Well, he, he noticed that and he, he kind of took me under his wing and he, he began to disciple me. He began to encourage me. He began to, 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 to just believe in me. And I look back now and I, and I realize that this man had compassion for me. He, he saw where I was coming from. He realized that the only reason I was there, the only reason I was connected to God and to church was because of my grandmother. And I was kind of, you know, unfortunate with my, 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 my home situation. At that time, I didn't have a father. I never knew who he was. And he didn't know that yet. But when he realized, he, he, he had compassion for me. Long story short, he ended up, as I started to grow in the Lord, he ended up uh, sharing with me that God had a call on my life. And he was just always giving me that. And he said, you got to go to Bible school. And I said, okay, you know, I don't really know too much about that. And he, he gave me a specific school where I need to go to. And I said, oh, I'll pray about it. I knew, I knew that. You know, I knew that I just wouldn't go anywhere just because somebody told me to go. But I prayed about it. God confirmed it. I went to Bible school. I got trained in the ministry. I learned about God. Changed my life radically. I met my wife. And now you're he I'm here tonight preaching to you, this young man from Washington, because somebody had compassion for me and God got a hold of me. That's love. That's love. He had compassion for me, and today he's in heaven, and I, I, I honor him. I honor his life because I know, that, I know that there was compassion there, that there was a God. It was a God connection, and, and, I'm, and I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm so grateful for that, that God has compassion on me. He is full of compassion, and because of that, we can share that same compassion with people. The second thing is kindness. It says, put on kindness. Uh, compassion is the feeling, it's the emotion, while kindness is the action to do something about it. It doesn't just mean to be nice to somebody. You know, we think about loving people, walking in love. Oh, I got to be nice to them. It's beyond that because how many of you guys know you could be nice when you really don't mean it? Don't lie, you're in church. I think we see it in our kids so clearly. We have three kids, and they're, they're all young, but they, they're, they're quick. They know, they know the loopholes. They know how to, you know, get around and get things. And, uh, I mean, every day somebody does something, somebody says something that's rude, unkind. And so we're, we're training them. We're teaching them, you know, this, you have to apologize. That's not okay. We don't do that. 
And so what do we get? We get this wine most of the time, right? We get a wine like, ah, you know, and I don't want to. And we explain, listen, we're not, get, we're not going anywhere until you apologize because what you did was wrong. And so because of that, they're going to say, I'm sorry. And so they say they're sorry. And on the surface, that's nice. That's the right thing to do. But really, they don't mean it at all. They're just saying it because we're telling them to. And they're not going anywhere until they say sorry. And, of course, that's at, that's at a different level. You know, and they're going to learn how to be genuine and how to really be kind. But, but it's not just being nice. It is biblical kindness is birthed out of compassion. It is birthed out of that feeling, out of that, 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 that hurting with other, with other people that are hurting that leads you to kindness, that leads you to action. And literally, to be kind, to be clothed with kindness means to loan someone your strength. It means to loan somebody your strength. It is this, I will loan you my strength. I'm going to do something to you. I'm going to do something for you. That will add to your weakness. It will add to the situation that you are in. You might be feeling down here, but out of kindness, I'm going to loan you some strength. I'm going to go show some effort. I'm going to put some action to my compassion. And I'm going to help you get from here to here. That's kindness. That's biblical kindness. We're loving people. Uh, Paul's showing the church how to do this. You, you're compassionate, but also you are kind to somebody. Uh, I think in a simple definition of this, I mean, we can go, we can go everywhere, but uh, someone, uh, this kind of happens. This is like on the, this tests us on the daily sometimes. You're driving to work, driving to church even. Tonight, somebody merges in the last minute in your, line, in your lane. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? And what do you do? You have a decision to let them in or not or to even honk. Some of you guys even beyond that. Let's be real. But what, what, you know, this isn't a simple, simple definition or just a simple example. But here we go in action, kindness, compassion. You have compassion realizing that that could be you, mom, dad of three. We're struggling, getting the kids ready on time. We're running late. We have other things in our minds. And we realize that our exit's coming up. And so here we are in that place. And so out of compassion realizing that could be me, that was me, and you just ease off a little bit to let them in. That is the action of kindness. That's a simple form. And for some of you guys, like, that's serious. That's not simple. That's like you seriously deal with that. And I understand. I understand. I'm walking through that myself. But on, on, a, on a deeper level, uh, someone w- could have done something to really hurt you, to really affect and change your life, did something to you that hurt you. But out of compassion, realizing that that person probably didn't know, that person didn't have the proper love that they should have had. And so out of compassion for that, I am going to show kindness and I'm not going to do something against them to retaliate because that doesn't help the situation. But I'm going to forgive and I'm going to be kind to them, towards them, even when they're not around. I will not choose to speak badly of them, but I will pray for them and I will be kind to them. Uh, in Matthew 5, 43, Jesus gives us the standard. He says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those 
who persecute you. You know, persecution is a serious thing. People who are persecuting you, disciples, listen, people, Sermon on the Mount here, those who are persecuting you, pray for them, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. There's the standard. You are set apart. You are holy. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends the rain on the righteousness and the unrighteousness. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. That word also means to be mature. And so put on kindness. Uh, put on every day, you decide to put on compassion. You change your mind. You change your perspective. You put on kindness. And then the third thing is, is humility. Put on humility. Romans 12 and 3, it says, For by the grace of God, given to me, I say to every one of you, not to think more highly of himself and of his importance and ability than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has appointed to each a degree of faith and a purpose to sign for service. So loving people requires humility. You can't love somebody with God's love without humility in operation in your life. And again, the truth is that there is humility in there. There is a God kind of love in there. We just have to clothe ourselves with it. We have to pull it out and, 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 and put our spiritual clothes on and choose and decide before the day even starts that we're going to be humble towards people. Jesus, uh, who is love, demonstrated us to the uh, demonstrated to us what this is. He came in the form of a baby from heaven, and he made a profound statement, a crazy statement that they would have been just dumbfounded. And he says, "I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. I came to serve you." I came to do something for you. I came to realize that there's a disconnect. And the way I can come and bring that connection back to the Father is by serving you and giving my life for you. And that required humility. You can't do that without humility. Paul continues in this uh, passage. And uh, he, he's explaining to, 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 the, to the Romans that, that you, not only... Don't just think higher than what you not, uh, ought to think, but he, he explains this more in, in, in regards of what our purpose is in the church. And I believe that it will help us understand how to put humility on. Romans 12, 4 and 5, as we continue, it says, For just as in one physical body we have many parts, these parts do not all have the same function or special use. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are parts one of another, mutually dependent on each other. Something that changed my life and blew my mind was when God told me that just because I can do this well doesn't make me better than the person who can't do this or that well. The truth is we all have strengths and weaknesses, and the truth is, where I'm weak, you're probably strong. And where I'm strong, you might be weak. But that doesn't make any one of us better than the other. 
what Paul is saying is that he's, he's given a, a deep revelation, if you think about it. He's saying, all of us that make up the church, we all have different functions. We all have different uses. And so it's crazy to try to compare each other and trying to say that this is more important than that. It's not. Here's the difference. One might have more influence than the other, but all parts and all pieces are significant. And they are very important in regards to advancing the kingdom of God and in regards of who you are in Christ Jesus. It blew my mind. I remember, I remember thinking, I used to work at a warehouse right out of, right out of Bible school, you know, so I kind of had this, this walk about me. I didn't realize I was full of pride. And it affected my interaction with everybody. You realize when you're full of pride, it affects the way you treat people. And you might be blinded to that. And that's why you got to put on humility. And I remember um, just, just working with other people. A lot of these people were older than me. They've been there for a long time. And I caught myself just like so frustrated with them. And so angry with them sometimes because they were acting different than what I expected them to act like. And I had this like false expectation on them. And I, I thought to myself, you know, you, you know, you're like 50 years old now, by now, and you shouldn't be acting like that. You shouldn't be talking about this person. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing this. And because of that, I was full of pride, and I wasn't able to love people out of humility. And so what God told me is like a truth bomb just like right in me. He said, first of all, a, a lot of those people weren't even saved. And so he said, how can you expect spiritual maturity from spiritually dead people. Blew my mind. And took it a step further. He says, that person's different than this person and you're different than this person and, and we all have different strengths and abilities and we're all in different places in our journey and our walk with God. And so we can't say that they should and they shouldn't because they're, they're still walking. They're still figuring this thing out. And you are too. And it's just that you're in a different place and you have a different function and you have different abilities. And so there's got to be humility. There's got to be humility in regards to loving and, and to loving people. So put humility on. The fourth one is gentleness. Gentleness. This is the decision to respond according to the other person's strengths and weaknesses and not yours. It is to respond, I'm talking about loving people, walking in love. It is to respond to the other person's strengths, not yours. It is to adjust, I will adjust my approach based on you and your situation, not based on what I'm capable of doing, not based on what I know, but it's based on where you are at. It is, it is gentleness. Uh, how many people are married here tonight? Come on, somebody. I, I mean, what I'm talking about right here, it's like intensified in your marriage. Can I get an amen? We talk about like gentleness. We talk about humility. It's like, it's not just a marriage, but it's just, it, it, it's like a daily walk. It's a daily thing that you have to, you have to constantly adjust. When you're talking about walking in love, when you're talking about gentleness, um, being gentle means this. That I'm going to adjust my grip according to what's going on. So it's kind of like, like if I have a baseball in my hand, I will adjust that grip according to what that baseball needs. If I have a contact lens in my other hand, then I'm not going to grab that and, and, and handle that the way I would with baseball. 
They're two different things. One is, one is highly delicate. When you, will, you will hurt and destroy the one because of its delicacy, because of what it is. And so I want to tell you that, that there are times that are more delicate than others when dealing with people. Listen to this in regards to gentleness. My relationship with you is more important than you knowing my full capacity and my strength. My relationship, my approach, my interaction with you is way more important than what I have to show you that I know and what I can do. David wrote this in 2 Samuel, um, speaking of gentleness. And just to set this up, in verse 1, it says that it is a song from David. The day that he wrote it was when the Lord delivered him from the hand of Saul. And so he delivered him many times from the hand of Saul. But this was one of those days that David wrote this song. 2 Samuel twenty-two thirty-six, 36, part of the song. It says, you have also given me the shield of your salvation. And your gentleness has made me great. The gentleness of God has made David great. I believe that when you are gentle towards other people, you have the opportunity to make them great. Because you're not coming in based on what you know and based on your strengths. You're coming in based on where they're at. And because of that, you're giving them an opportunity to do something with that. And when you do it, they're going to go from here to here. And they can, be, they can have the opportunity to be great. Uh, the, the fifth one, the last one is patience. Patience. Uh, this is to gear back to the speed of the other person. It is to be patient. It is, it is, it is to walk at the pace of the person that you're loving, the person that you're interacting with. Uh, we are all running a race, but we are not at the same place, and we're not running at the same pace. We're all in different places. If I'm being patient with you, then my goal is not for you to see how fast I can fix it. You know, I feel like uh, when we're coming in to a situation and some, somebody does something to us or we're, we have an opportunity to love somebody, we, we might say this, where I would have done it this way, and why haven't you figured it out by now? It's almost like you have this picture of just dragging somebody by the hand at your pace. But patience says that I'm not going to drag you at my pace. I'm going to walk at your pace. I'm going to walk according to where you're at. It is, it is, it is to, to tone it back. It is to, 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 with the help of the Holy Spirit, to, to, to just go at the speed that the other person is going at. Not only is it walking at their pace, but it's walking at their pace with a good attitude. That is patience. Because you can, you, can, you can, like, be patient and be very frustrated at the same time. Everybody's doing this. Nobody's saying amen, but everybody's doing this. Because you know, you, know you know what that's like. It's like I'm waiting, but I don't really want to wait. I, I don't feel like I shouldn't be waiting um, whether it's, it's literally waiting for somebody or whether it's waiting for someone to advance and to come out of where they are in regards to, their love, in, in regards to loving them. And so Colossians 3.12, the same, the same scripture where we've been reading, in the Amplified, it, 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 it chooses to, dis, to define patience. It doesn't define the other ones right away, but it defines patience. And so 
Um, it says, so as God's chosen people who are holy, set apart, sanctified for his purpose, well loved by God, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with good temper. With good Daniel, that's crazy. That sounds impossible. I'm here to tell you tonight that it's very possible. How is it possible? Because the love of God has been poured out inside of your heart. And, and when you decide to clothe yourself, when you decide to put on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience, you do it by faith, not by feeling. You don't do it based on the other person. You do it based on the way God has dealt with you. I don't know about you, but I am so glad that God has had patience. He's been patient with me. I am so glad. I am so just grateful that, that God hasn't said, man, this guy should have known this by now. He should have already had this by now, but he's been patient with me. And, and, and sometimes I've been stubborn with, di with different things or I've been slow with obeying or, or following through, but yet God has been patient with me. Why? Because he's, he's full of love. He's full of compassion. He's, he's, he's good. He knows where you're at. He knows where you should be. But he's patient with you. He's kind with you. And so tonight, you know, the goal was to just give you a fresh perspective on what it is to love. You know, we, we, we hear love people, love God, love God, love people. But, but to love people is to love with the love that God has given you. That is, that is what we are about, church. That is who we are. It, it, you know, how many of you guys know that clothing kind of like, it, it, it almost describes who a person is. But you can tell a lot about a person by the, way, by the way they're dressed. Yes or no? Yeah? Especially in a sports game. You can, you can tell who's going for what by, the way, by what they're wearing. And tonight, I want to tell you that the world, your family, will know a lot about who you are by what you're wearing, by what you're clothed with. You know, there's this scripture, there's an awesome famous scripture in First uh, Samuel that we use a lot. And it says that God doesn't look at the heart. I'm sorry, God doesn't look at the outward appearance, but man does. God looks at the heart. And, and, and we use that to, to kind of, uh, to, to, to remind ourselves and to teach that, that God is looking, about, looking at your heart. And that's very true. Some of us use that as an excuse to do what we want to do. Like, you don't know me, you can't judge me, God looks at my heart. But there's also another truth to that, that other people see your outside, your outward appearance. God sees the heart, not the outward appearance like man does. And so the truth and the reality is that it is important what we're dressed with, especially spiritually, because that's how they will know. The, the Bible says they will know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. God is calling us to love people. It doesn't matter who they are, where they come from. It doesn't matter what they've done or what they haven't done. You have the love of God inside of you, and you are totally capable, if you decide by faith, to love with that kind of love. Amen, somebody. Amen. Let's, uh, let's pray right there where you are. First of all, I want to give somebody an opportunity who hasn't had an experience with this love, with this God that loves so good and loves so well.
And maybe you're hearing tonight and you're kind of tracking and you're saying, yeah, that sounds great. But I want to tell you that it's impossible to love the way you really would like to love without knowing love. And love is Jesus. Love is God. And so I, I just never like to preach without giving this opportunity for someone here tonight that might not know God, that might not have Jesus in their heart, to accept Jesus in their heart, to experience this love, change your life forever. It will bless you. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to ask, is there anybody here tonight that doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus, that has never made that decision to go all in, to give their life to Jesus. If that's you tonight, just raise your hand where you are. I want to just recognize you. God bless you, man. Is there anybody else? Anybody else that says, I want to have an encounter with that love and I want to experience that love. I want to love with that love. God bless you, man. I see you. You don't have to come up here, but I'm going to pray. And uh, as I pray, I want you to pray this. If there's anyone else that didn't raise their hand, but they know they need to pray this, I want you to pray this too. Just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Say this out loud. Heavenly Father, tonight I give my life to you. I realize that without you, I am lost. You have spoken to me tonight. And I want to respond to that. So I give you my life. And I receive yours. Come into my heart. Make me new. Change me. I receive your love. And from this day forward, I will serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.